On this episode of Resi Week, TM Holmes has a new Live Well program and Hunter Douglas has a new battery wand. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 238. It's like a drill. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Just Add Power, the global leader in video over IP solutions with systems that give you easy installation, unmatched scalability, and outstanding performance. Welcome to this week's episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AV Nation. Dot TV. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by uh, some good friends of mine. First, we have Richard Fergosa. He is the principal of Fergosa Design. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Mellow West Coast smoke-filled greetings. Uh, right now, we're dealing with just a small group of fires in California. Just a million acres, you know, teeny tiny. Just a little fire. Just a teeny tiny one. Just a little one. Just... Well, luckily, it's a big state. So. <laughs> That's highly insensitive. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, then we have Scott Stevenson. He is the Director of Product Management for Motorization at Hunter Douglas. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Dealing with California's smoke and our uh, own from our Colorado wildfires. So we get it the double whammy. As long as you're home growing as well. It's not, you know, just <laughs> piping it in for fun. <laughs> I'm going to get hate mail for this intro. Uh, last but not least, we have Jeff Mitchell. He is the President of Lumatech. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. A little warm here today, but we'll be doing fine. No smoke in Rhode Island today? Zero smoke. Fantastic. I don't, we just have haze and humidity over here in Ontario. So kind of in the same boat. Gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. Taylor Morrison is launching TM Live Well for Healthier Homes. Uh, If you don't know Taylor Morrison, they are a fairly large uh, home builder. And by fairly large, they are the fifth largest home builder and developer in the U.S. Uh, and they are starting a new standard offering for all of their new construction as in yet to be ho- built homes uh, beginning on August 1st. That is going to kind of jump on the, the health and wellness trend. And to do that, they are uh, starting this off with a, a base package that essentially is going to include a Linux whole home air filtration system, a Honeywell T6 Pro uh, smart T-Stat, as well as a Brone Newtone Surface Shield bath fan that actually looks really, really cool. That has a, a, a LED tech on it that is supposed to kill bacteria and fungi and mold and all those other fun things that love to grow in bathrooms, as well as a GE Smart whole home water filtration system, some fancy paint from Sherwin-Williams, and the Moan Motion Sense touchless faucets. Richie, I want to I want to start with you on this. It, I'm continually conflicted with the wellness conversation because, to me, a lot of this stuff is stuff that, at, at least around here, we've been doing a lot of these things for quite a while in most of our new homes. Uh, kudos again to TM for for implementing this as a kind of broad package. But we've had Life Breath for a while. We've had Smart T Stats uh, for for quite a long while. The, the brone is brand new and, and looks really, really cool. The water filtration is not something that you normally see in a lot of homes. You have a three-quarter inch pipe coming into the house and it goes from there. Is this, is this more 
marketing than, than substance or is this a, a really good step? I think the first thing is it's, it, you know, what do you do to separate yourself in the market? If you're the fifth largest home builder, you're constantly looking at how to become the fourth largest <laughs> home builder. Uh, you know, I mean, in terms of home purchasing, right? I mean, let's face it first, right? It's location, location, location. Then you're after number of bedrooms and you're after number of bathrooms. And, you know, you're, you're checking the boxes, um, you know, when, when, you, when you're purchasing a home. And then when you get down to, you know, it's between this home or that home, then it becomes the, the creature comforts, right? Then we start talking about the, um, you know, the are you prepared for future proofing, you know, was what we used uh, early on. Uh, the wellness trend is moving on with, for, for obvious reasons, it's making sense. Um, in some parts of the US, uh, you know, whether you're in a metropolitan area, whether you're in an urban area, suburban area, or even further out, uh, you know, there, there are items that don't necessarily make it out to some parts of the country. And so, you know, if you're in a major metropolitan area, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, if you're in New York, if, if you're in Philly, if you're in Chicago, there are going to be some basic requirements that, that you, you know, plan on the infrastructure working on. But, you know, if you go to areas of the Midwest and, you know, people are still working off of wells and septic systems. So at that point, instead of a, instead of a, a, a filtration system that's happening at the municipal level, you're dealing with the filtration system at the local level. So, you know, they're, they're basically saying, hey, you know, wellness is something that we care about. And if you buy one of our homes, um, we are taking a look at the, you know, the, the whole well-being of the family moving in. Uh, and so, I mean, I think we're going to see more of it. I don't think we're going to see less of it. Uh, it's, it's like anything else is that once somebody starts um, that that point from a differentiation standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, if it's uh, of nominal increased cost to the whole, to the sale price of the home, then they're going to do it uh, because it's, it's, you know, it's just smart business at that point. They're not going to give it away. Um, so, you know, it's, it's trying to create cachet at this point from the beginning. So I think it's great, you know, and especially when you're dealing with any type of tract home or subdivision or anything else. I mean, you're creating a new space for a brand new population. So why not do the right thing and, you know, put in the things that help keep them healthier. Scott, when you, when you see this coming from a, a menu, major manufacturer like Hunter Douglas, this is something that to me, you guys can, could kind of play into as far as ways to, again, maybe not necessarily the wellness side, but specifically the, the ecological side, making that home run better and be more efficient and take advantage of it. How do you, how do you get that message across without it really becoming just a, hey, buy our product? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's a very fine line when you're trying to market something around you know, whether it be health and wellness, whether it be environmental, um, you know, you want to make people feel good about what they're doing, but not in a way that makes them feel like, okay, you know, this company's just trying to sell me something. And so I think a lot of it then really comes down to how you position it um, and just focus on the, the benefits um, of what it is that you're doing, whether that, you know, I mean, I think about the, the Taylor Morrison thing and the, you know, they're, they're definitely jumping onto something here that I think is uh, 
kind of at the tops of people's minds at the moment, especially because we're all spending so much time in our houses right now. Uh, you know, money that last year would have been spent on a vacation is being spent on making your home a more pleasant place to be. And everybody is thinking about, you know, how do I make my home safer? How do I make the environment in my home um, safer and healthier for me? So, so I think it's a good thing for them to do. You know, I mean, we do similar types of stuff um, from the standpoint of Hunter Douglas and our shades, but, you know, we're, we definitely try and be, I think, a little subtle about it, um, you know, when we talk about how you can, you know, use shades to bring natural light into your home, that kind of stuff. Uh, we have a, um, a new uh, fabric uh, for our roller shades, roller screen shades that's being built or made from um, recycled material, uh, basically plastic pulled from the ocean. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that you can put it out there. You can tell people about it. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel like, Hey, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm spending a bunch of money here on something that is not, you know, maybe, you know, by in of itself, all that environmentally friendly, but hey, I'm doing it in an environmentally friendly way. And I think it's really just about the messaging. Then. It's about how do you get that across in a way that doesn't seem like you're trying to just to sell something. Yeah, very good. Jeff, when, when you see this, and I'm sure because you've been in the business for a while as well, that you've seen that progression that we've had the last six months to a year where everyone is is touting wellness as the next golden goose for us as integrators. When you see what, uh, what, what TM is doing, is this something that you can, you can look at it and say, you know, they're not really digging that deep into this. Maybe there is a lot of room for, for, for us as, as integrators to jump into this market. I think this as a wellness product is really a marketing effort to talk about products that are part of a well-built home already. I mean, with as tight as the modern buildings are built today, they have to do a good job with air filtration, right? With what you've got going on for a modern climate control system uh, around Honeywell isn't probably the right choice. I think they just put together a, a bunch of products that are the good practices for building mm -hmm. and put a good marketing name on them. I think that's more the direction for integrators is to help building with the best available practices, right? Yeah, I love that. I don't know that we will call it wellness. We've tried this before uh, with, you know, green initiatives and energy efficient initiatives and different, I think for us, what, gain, what uh, gets traction is um, helping them deliver really the best built homes. Yeah, I love that. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story. This comes to us from aviation.tv. Uh, Hunter Douglas has introduced their new rechargeable battery wand for the, uh, the PowerView automated shades. And this is helpful because we've got Scott here. So he's going to give us a, a quick lowdown on it. But if you haven't seen it, the, uh, the PowerView automated shades have the new rechargeable battery wand that lets you uh, run those shades for a, approximately about a year and then pull down that battery or or charge it in place, but you can pull that down, uh, charge that in about three hours and just kind of clip it back in. It, it looks fantastic. Scott, battery shades has been such a, a driver of that market, if you will, right? Being able to get a motorized shade into a space where it wasn't pre-wired because 
as much as guys like myself and Jeff try to sell pre-wires for shades all day long, it doesn't always happen. People usually take that out of the budget right away if they're not instantly thinking shades. What drove the, the, the innovation to go to this versus just a regular, you know, D-cell or, or AA battery? And why did you go with such a unique form factor? Yeah. So we definitely have not surprisingly seen uh, a fair amount of demand or for a fair amount of requests, I should say, over the last, especially over the last couple of years for a rechargeable solution. I think um, anybody who has battery powered shades uh, will tell you that you can very quickly uh, feel rather guilty with all the batteries that you start throwing away. Uh, you know, our, our typical um, shades with the, with, using alkaline batteries, take uh, 12 AA batteries and last somewhere around a year, depending on the size of the, sh the shade and how often you use it. So if you've got 10 shades and those all start going about the same time, you start feeling rather guilty about throwing away 120 um, AA batteries every year. And uh, it's it's definitely something that, that people have really wanted a, a better solution, something that makes them feel better. Um, you know, from a, a, I think from a cost saving standpoint, certainly over, over the life of the shade, you're probably going to save money by not throwing away all those batteries. But more importantly, I think people just feel bad doing it. They feel bad throwing away all those batteries. Um, in terms of the form factor, we really, one of the things that we saw with what was out there on the market you pretty much by definition have to run a cable up to your shade in order to charge it. And I think that's, you know, that's great. Um, especially if maybe you've only got one or two shades, not a big deal, but of course a lot of our customers and especially through the, the custom integrator um, aspect of our market, you know, we're looking at, at sometimes systems that have 15, 20, 25 or even significantly more shades. And if you think about then, okay, maybe once every year I'm going to have to run a cable up and leave it dangling there for three, four or five hours, uh, which is what we see with some of the other ones out there. You know, again, not a big deal if you've got one or two shades, but if you've got 40 shades, that's an awful lot of the time of the year that you've got a big black cable dangling from the top of your window, which doesn't really look good in that nice environment. So we kind of thought about it like a, a cordless drill. You know, when if, if you've got a cordless drill and the battery on your drill runs out, you don't go grab a 25-foot-long cord, plug that into your drill, and then, you know, wander around with that cord attached while you're trying to go about your business. No, you actually just go, you pull out the battery, you take one that's been sitting there in the charger and is fully charged, you snap it right into place, and, and you're good to go. And especially if you're talking about a shade that's, you know, maybe 15 feet up in the air, you don't want to have to climb that ladder once to plug in that cable to charge it and then three hours later go climb that ladder again to disconnect it so why not just again treat it like a, a cordless drill and make it really easy to swap it in and out um, we, we created a, a charger that can you know sit off in your laundry room or out in the garage wherever you want it and just keep keep spare batteries on hand keep them charged and a simple matter of swapping them out yeah i love that or on your credenza as Jeff has one behind him with the, the beautiful product placement. Jeff, due to the product placement and, and some of our pre-show conversation, um, obviously we know that you're a, 
uh, a Hunter Douglas dealer. When you look at this, and and obviously this is a a fairly brand new. This was announced what in mid July. Yes. Um. So this is still a fairly new product. Does the does the wireless shading opportunities with PowerView from from Hunter Douglas? Does that really change the the design process that you go through uh, when you're having that shading conversation with a client? Or is it still a, hey, we're going to lead with a wired solution and fall back to wireless if the application needs it or if the, the client prefers it? It really depends on the space. Having wireless means that you can address more spaces. There are a lot of spaces where running wires is prohibitive or impossible. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you'd eliminate a lot of opportunity if you didn't have a battery operated product. Um, it's just that simple. You can do more different windows. No one wants to do just one window in house. Um, it's kind of boring. And, you, it's, and it's not just new construction. You can address a whole lot more projects with a battery operated unit. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, the funny bit is how many battery operated units go into new construction, but that's a sales side problem. Why? Is, is it just because it's an easier sale? Yeah, it's a much easier sale. Um, convincing someone to buy shades at the um, drawing part of the project process is a lot harder. It's an easy decision to say, we'll deal with interior finishes later with all the other interior finish decisions. But with shading, you really need to work out how they're going to get mounted and wired pre-construction to make sure that they fit the window casing and the casing plan. Um, battery lets them wait. Um, but it means you can still, uh, address the need for shading in a lot of spaces. You just have, and with a battery product, you have more choices. You don't have to take the wall open. Very good. Richie, when, when you see this, when you see the advancements that battery shades have made in gosh, the last three years, let alone, I'm trying to think back to when Hunter Douglas first released theirs and, and Lutron first released theirs. It, it's made a huge advancement. It's, you know, to, to Jeff's point, it's become something that you don't have to decide, uh, you know, what style of shade you want when it's still in a drawing phase. You can, you can wait till somebody moves in and heck, you can give them a month and a half and then go back in and add shades and, and go down that road. Has battery power shades completely, you know, kind of changed that, that bar of entry? Well, you know, I think my friends here probably were able to do some basic math and said, gee, there's a whole lot more existing houses that are there than there are houses being built. So, you, you don't know, say. go figure. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think that's the, the first part of the opportunity in, in, in any situation, something like shades, right? You know, because it's, it's, not, it's not an AV conversation, right? It's not a, it doesn't fall under the same umbrella that you have to be a lot more enthusiastic about your sales approach, trying to upgrade to 4K or speakers or, you know, dot, dot, dot. Technology is technology. And some people, when dealing with their home, technology is kind of a a toss away category. Uh, This is part of the construction of the home. This is part of their enjoyment of the home. This is, this is spoken in the same conversation about the uh, handles 
on your kitchen cabinets, the finish of your countertop, uh, you know, your window styling, your door styling. This falls in that same conversation. So it is part of the greater construction conversation. And as anybody who's ever built a house <laughs> knows, there's about 10,000 decisions that go on in the act of building a house. And if you were to go ahead and get every single thing you wanted for a house, you probably wouldn't ever build that house because the costs would be staggering. Um, so, you know, it's, it's smart. Uh, the biggest problem has always been the technology wasn't catching up to the desire. And if the technology can't meet the desire needs, all you're doing from a manufacturer standpoint is, I would feel, is you're just creating potentially a whole large vocal group of dissatisfied clients. So, you know, the first part is do it, but if you're gonna do it, do it right, which is why I think so many of these manufacturers had to wait. You had to, you had to let everything catch up. And, you know, in terms of the battery pack, the simplest solutions are sometimes the most elegant, right? That's one of those mm -hmm. ones where you kind of slap yourself in the head and go, why didn't we just treat it like, like Scott said, like you do with your drill, right? You have a little charging station, you put it in, you don't need a battery for every single one of your shades. If you have a rotation schedule, you can then, you know, maximize the investment and, and work your way through. So, you know, I mean, it, it, again, it, manufacturing is literally the only part of this industry I've never been in. I've been in every other segment of this industry. And, and so for me, I'm like, yeah, that, that I, I would have to think that that would have to be, um, you know, the, the biggest part, which is, you know, from a manufacturer standpoint is how do we not upset our clients? How do we not sell something that's a lemon just because we were trying to do it first? And, and so, you know, I've got to applaud these guys in that respect and that it's not like they're a new company. It's not like this is new technology. Battery technology has been around for some time. It's been the implementation of it. So, uh, you know, I think it's just going to get better. And again, like I said, it's, 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 it's a whole lot easier to sell to somebody who has an existing house and said, you don't have shades, I've noticed. How would you like to dot, 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 without ripping open your walls? Yeah, very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our last story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today and Caroline Jones, how to secure smart homes and networks. Uh, read through the article. It's a really good, you know, kind of quick overview of uh, three or four main steps to take as you're dealing with uh, clients and, and their smart home technology and the security of their network. Jeff, I, I want to start with you on this and ask the question that I ask every time these articles come up uh, in the last you know year and a half or so. Are we really still talking about this? Have we not figured this out yet? I'm, I'm surprised it's not bigger. <laughs> That's great. Um, especially with the tools available, no one does a really good job of um, home internet security. It's one of those things that you really need to be on top of to stay ahead. Um, all the really cool solutions, all the solutions that use AI and machine learning, they're corporate only. I don't know anyone that's doing a residential-based product that uses patterns and machine learning to keep out threats. Um, there's a company or companies doing it. They're just not doing it in our space. And I've looked at products that just don't make financial sense. So um, I think we'll see it. We'll see it 
get better and better and we'll see it in every home. Very good. Richie, when, when you hear what Jeff said and, and, and you and I have gone down the, the networking rabbit hole, if you will, uh, more than enough times, it, is it something where it, it really is you live with what you have in the residential space or you apply commercial, like true commercial grade, not something that has, you know, small business stamped on the box, but a true commercial grade enterprise level uh, security solution to secure that home. And then if you do that, does that dramatically limit that market due to honestly the, the cost and the expertise required to maintain that? Well, the first thing as a business owner, if you're an installing integrator and you're planning on preparing to sell networking or make that part of the services that you're offering is, how comfortable are you with exposure? Uh, you know, again, part, part of why you're hired is that you should be an expert at what you're professing to sell. And if you are lax from a networking standpoint or you're not providing, and again, it's not doom and gloom. It's, it's, it's not necessarily dealing with the worst case scenarios, but there will be times in the future where data breaches will occur that you will see integrators that will be named as, as defendants. It's going to happen. You know, it's just, it's just the nature of how things go. Um, and part of the responsibility of being a professional is to lay out the exposure levels. And so, you know, do, do clients necessarily need that if they are IOT free in their home? Five, six years ago, sure, you, you could say that because there were very few devices necessarily that had pretty personal data. Um, I would venture to say there aren't that many people now compared to, let's say, two years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, that doesn't have some form of an IoT device, whether it's a handheld device, whether it's a doorbell, whether it's a camera uh, whether it's a device made by some company that you talk to and you yell at it in different names, um, that it may listen or not at any given time. Uh, and, and so the issue is that the consumer doesn't necessarily want to or should they know, <laughs> you know what they're getting themselves into in that respect. I, I, you know, it's caveat emptor in that respect, right? It's buyer beware. And so if they are buying a product that is DIY intended, um, you know, it, it, the running joke, right, is that every single one of these devices has this giant scrolling page that you go through and everybody skips to the end and goes, I accept, <laughs> right? Um, your job as a professional is to say, here's what's happening when you click I accept. Here's what you're opening yourself up to. You may decide that that doesn't apply to you and you're comfortable with it. And that's great. It's just my job to assist you from creating a bad situation for yourself. And so at that point, you know, and then you go step one, step two, step three, uh, you know, more now more than ever, again, work from home, right? WFH is, is now an acronym that everybody knows, you know, it has become even better than WTF, you know, it's almost, you know, synonymous with WTF at this point. Um, so, so, you know, it, it really is a matter of saying, look, you know, like everything else, 
you know, and, and Scott was saying it earlier, you know, you, people are going to be spending more time in their home and they are going to be fortifying <laughs> what they do in their home. And this is a natural conversation. And I think that it's the responsibility of if you're going to be selling something like this, you need to be versed in the pros and cons of it. And, and you can only advise. I mean, you can't spend their money, but it's important for you to lay out what their options are. Very good. Scott, speaking of, you know, laying out options and, and, and explaining to your customers what options they have and, and, and what those look like. You guys, as we talked about in the last start, have a, a, a product that comes with a smart home uh, IoT type piece. How do you go about training your or, or assisting, offering to help your integrators that sell shades and heck, even your, your shade designers, that whole community that is not necessarily technology savvy in the way we would like to think that we are. How do you as a manufacturer go about helping and assisting, assisting your customers? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I think from a manufacturer's standpoint, um, you know, one of the things that, that you have to do and, and focus on is do everything you can from a, uh, a testing standpoint to ensure that your product is not going to be the cause of the problem. And that's, uh, you know, we take that very seriously. Uh, we, we spend a lot of money with third-party labs to do penetration testing and identify things that could allow somebody to, you know, potentially utilize our platform as a way into the home. And we make sure those issues get resolved before they ever get out into the world. And so I think that's something that then is on, I mean, certainly as an integrator community, I think um, it's, it's really important for integrators to talk to the manufacturers they work with and say, okay, hey, what are you doing to, uh, to make sure that, that your product is not going to be the avenue onto the network for a bad actor. Uh, and there's, there's you know, lots of ways that, that that can be accomplished. But if you just sort of close your eyes and pretend it doesn't exist, you're eventually going to have a problem. Um, and I think uh, you know, Richard was talking about the fact that more and more and more people have IoT smart home type devices. I think the last figure I saw was that somewhere between 35 and 40 percent of all U.S. households at this point have at least one smart home device. And you know, for many many houses, that's becoming more and more and more of them. Uh, Matt, you asked about like our our traditional dealer base, who by no means has the type of networking expertise that our CI dealers do. Um, that's a whole nother you know thing unto itself, and that's why again, it's so important for us as a manufacturer to just make sure that we're again we're never going to be the cause of the problem and you know we can give them that assurance that all that testing has been done so that when they do go out and they get this thing connected up to the homeowners network which half the time we have to walk them through how to do it but um, you know they uh once they've got it on the network they have the confidence to know that 
they're, you know, they're not going to get a call from that customer saying, Hey, this, this device that you put in for me is causing problems with my network because we've done the thorough testing to make sure that's, that's not the case. And this whole topic is actually really interesting because I saw just this morning, I think this was in the wall street journal that IBM reported, uh, had, or put a report out about the security breaches that are occurring because of everybody working from home and things that normally would be happening on very well secured corporate IT networks are happening on home networks that don't have any of that level of security that to the to the article's point you know on a router that hasn't had its firmware updated in three years uh, all that kind of stuff and uh, that it's starting to make corporate IT managers very nervous and are, are starting to think about the types of, of policies that they're going to put in place to ensure that they're, you know, if, if we're going to continue on this work from home path for a while, that it's not putting the corporate network and corporate resources, corporate information at risk. Yeah, that's very, very intriguing. And uh, yeah, I, I just found that article really quickly something like 50% of those employees uh, are worried about an impending cyber threat due to the lack of info. That's, that's really intriguing. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. We're going to leave it there. Jeff, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Lumitech, where can they do that? The website is uh, lumi.technology. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Scott, you. thank you. If people want to connect with you, learn more, more about all of the, uh, the Hunter Douglas solutions in addition to the, uh, the PowerView, where can they do that? Uh, well, of course, hunterdouglas.com. Um, there's also, if you want to find out specifically about our custom integrator program, you can do hunterdouglas.com slash custom dash integrator dash program. Uh, if you want to track down me, it's scott.stevenson at hunterdouglas.com. Uh, that's Stevenson with a PH. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook, and I do not do Twitter, so don't look for me there. Twitter, what are we going to do? <laughs> Richie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Fergosa Design, where can they do that? Um, as I always say, you can type my name into the interwebs, and interesting things will always show up, uh, much to my chagrin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at rfregosa. You can find us at fregosadesign.com. But as always, my request is best place to find me is here uh, on our suite of shows at AV Nation TV. Uh, obviously here on Resi Week, uh, on our other show, A State of Control, with my good friend and co-host Steve Greenblatt. Um, but the best place would be here. And especially if you see the sponsor sign, go ahead and click on them. That's the best part. Excellent. Thank you so much, all of you, for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter, uh, unlike Scott, at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other uh, social platform. But more importantly, please stop by and visit avnation.tv, where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of the other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit our website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.